And we're going to look at verses 1 through 11. All right, we're on this side today. Very good. Now, I'm going to... um, I'm going to read out of a couple different translations. So I'm going to start in Romans chapter 6 out of the New King James. And I want you guys to see something here because um, what Paul is talking about, he spent the first few chapters talking to us about salvation in Christ Jesus. And now he ventures into the study of the old man and the new man and how all this plays out with the old man and the new man. What shall we say then, knowing that, knowing that if you go back to verse 20, moreover the law entered in, verse, in chapter 5, moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abound, grace abounded much more. So that sin reigned in death, even so, now that's the condition. He's reading about the condition of the old man. And it starts, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So there is the the possibility of the new man in salvation versus the condition of the old man and then he goes on to say what shall we say then shall we continue in continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not how shall we who died to sin that is your position in Christ listen to it your position in Christ not your condition in sin how shall we who died position to sin, we died to sin in Christ Jesus, live any longer in it. The possibility of the condition of the old man. Do you see in that one scripture verse, he points out two different conditions, the new nature and the old nature, the possibility of going either way. Or do you not know that as many of you or many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Talking about our position. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, position, the new man, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, position, the new man, Even so, now listen to what Paul says. Even so, we also should walk in the newness of life. That's the, that's his, the possibility of the new creation, but also the possibility of the old creation. For if we have been united in the likeness of his death, certainly we also should be in the likeness of his resurrection. I like the, ty- I like the picture there. I, I love that picture of being, uh, of what is possible for the, the new creation. L- let's look at it again. Look at Ro- Romans 6, verse 5 in the New King James. 
if we have been united, that is something that we have nothing to do. God did that for us. In the likeness of his death, that means we died to sin in Christ Jesus, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. We could even say that there's the possibility of glorification there. The possibility of looking at how we are to operate or how we should look in some form, some image, some shadow of Jesus, right? Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man, there it is, he actually finally gets to it. He actually, after six verses, he actually says, knowing that our old man was crucified in Christ. That is a position. That is not, that has nothing to do with the conditional Christianity. The condition of the old man. That old man was, died on the cross over 2,000 years ago before I even was conceived. That is a position. And then he says that the body of sin might be done away with. Might, that is the operative word there. Might. That is the word that should clue. And then it says that we will no longer be slaves to sin. The possibility of the freedom of the old creation being completely put to death. The old, the old man. All right. So we know that chapter 6 through 8 deals with God's progressive separating believers from sin. These chapters are a progressive work of freedom. Explained. Now, I get calls all the time from people about... I've got this issue, I've got this going on, um, I've got all these different things, and I'm just looking and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, I think the biggest mistake that, you know, I'm thinking to myself, not saying it over the phone, but thinking to myself, wait a minute, you're not understanding one of the very first theologies that you should be taught, the position of the new creation and the condition of the old man, the new man and the old man. If we, Derek Prince would say, if we don't get that, we go nowhere. We absolutely go nowhere. We will be theologically confused the whole time. So here's the point. The point what Paul is saying in the first few verses there in verses one through two is the legal sense. It's in the legal sense. We died in the sight of God's judgment. We're not going to be judged anymore. However, that is a future judgment. Talking about the judgment seat of Christ, not now. Not now. The judgment seat of Christ. All right? We have to think this thing through. We, We have to actually break this down. Because I can go out and sin... And do some type of weird sin that would cause demonization, even though the Bible says that I have died to sin. You see what I'm saying? How does that happen? It doesn't happen on the 
on the, on the new creation side. It happens on the old creation side, the old man. It, ha it happens there, not in the new man, but in the old man. That's why Christians act the way they act. You see what I'm saying? Christians can act and put on their Sunday best for church, but then act like a child of the devil. They can act like a tear. In the legal sense, we died in the sight of God's judgment. In the conversion sense, believing in Christ is dying to sin. That's a salvation. That, that means salvation in the conversion, the salvation. What, what is Paul saying here? That believing in Christ and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you now die to sin. And here's the key. I'll give it to you early in the message. The key is learning to take your position over and use your position in Christ to kill your condition of sin. That's the message today. That's why we struggle. That's why we get upset with people. You know, all this stuff on television and this cancel culture, you know, I'm all over this stuff. Uh, it's it's going to be a part of my message from the, until it all gets put under the blood. But do you know what? I'm going to continue to preach it from the rafters. America is not broken. Culture is broken. America is not racist. The founding fathers never set up a racist society. What, who is racist? What is racist? It's the culture. Cops are good for society. Cops are good for society. Are there bad cops? Absolutely. Just like I said, there's bad preachers too. There's bad preachers. And they're still on television today. There's good and bad in everything, folks. We need to understand that when you see this stuff, you know, I, I understand what people are trying to get across. But as long, listen, I'm just going to say this, and then I can move on from this. Outside of Jesus, there is no satisfaction to the problem. The most unracist people walking the earth are those that truly have been converted in their heart to Christ. They are the most unracist. I get as, I get as greatest, I get the equal joy. My joy is equal for the brown, the black, the orange, the green, the purple, and whatever other color that you could be in this earth when they all come to Christ. They all are returning to the one that created them. In the church, there should be one church and one people, one. So don't believe the lie, people. 
In the baptismal sense, Paul goes on to say, what buried implies is we have died with Christ. Now, I'm, I'm hitting some theological points here. We have died with Christ. That means if we have died with him, the power of sin has been broken. That's why he says, now that we've been, now that we have died with Christ, shall we go on to sin? And Paul says, certainly not. No way. Why? Is sin there? Absolutely. But now you have something stronger than the power of sin. You have the power of the resurrected life of Christ in you, the hope of glory. In the moral sense, sinful desires may be present, but they are mortally wounded by the resurrection. Sin has been wounded by the resurrection. You know, today, in, in the world today, you see the wheat and the tares. You see what's going on in society today. Without the power of the Holy Spirit in church, it is very hard, it is very hard to even shift culture. We've relied on too many, we've, we've, been, we've relied on too many gifts instead of the actual source of the gift. To fix mankind. We've, we've relied on government. We've relied on the police department. We've relied on, listen to me. What's going on today with this transgender thing is nothing but promoting mental confusion and sickness. It's promoting it. They are mentally disturbed and I would probably say they are tormented by evil. This homosexuality. You know, uh, you know all, these, all these looting and all the different things that are going on. You are seeing the children of the devil. There is, you are watching actions and listening to news broadcasts that the devil inside of them is speaking through those, his children. If it is not promoting love, salvation, Jesus as their Lord and Savior, it is not from the kingdom of God. There's never going to be a fix. The fix is coming. We call it the return, the second coming. That's the fix. That's the ultimate fix. Until then, until then, on camera, on Facebook, if you want to actually really deal with culture, get saved, get baptized, and get filled with the Holy Ghost, and be a light for Jesus. In the resurrection sense, we exchange our sinful life for Christ's resurrection life. It's a beautiful transaction. 
Beautiful. The point of the gospel was not to find an excuse for sin, but to give freedom from sin. We always want to point our fingers. It's somebody, we want to blame somebody else for something instead of blaming ourselves. This all started in the 1950s. It all started in the 1950s. And it has built over the last 70 years to where we are today. Where we've actually had a, a World War II generation die off. They, they, they call it the greatest generation. They call it the greatest generation for a reason. Why? There was belief in Jesus. There was a sense of duty and service to country. There was respect for civil authority. A respect. Was there things wrong in that generation? Absolutely. We could have done it a lot better. We need to understand that we need to learn from our mistakes and move forward. But it's always moving forward through the scripture. The point of the gospel was not to find an excuse for sin, but to give freedom. As Jesus died, we died to our old self. That sinful lifestyle, a new lifestyle, and a new lifestyle begins. A new lifestyle. I want you to think, look at these two babies right here. Look at these little three or four month olds. New life. How much sin is in them? Do they willfully sin? Absolutely not. They're only worried. They only cry for two reasons. Food and a diaper. It's easy. It's easy. It's more often. Look at Romans 6.3 out of the New American Standard 1977 version. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too might, there's again the operative word, walk in the newness of life. Immersion symbolizes a momentary burial in Christ. It is only a momentary burial. It's not a full burial. Well, come on, church. The momentary burial, or the, the final burial, is when I take off this tent and it actually dies. Or I'm taking, I'm taken. And transformed in an instant, in a twinkling of an eye. This is a momentary baptism. I am, am I receiving the power of baptism? Absolutely. Is there a power in baptism? Ask everyone that stepped into that tank two or three weeks ago. They felt the power of that baptism. 
but it was momentary. But it was also, but it is also eternal. We need to make sure that we're thinking correctly when we read scripture. Therefore, coming up out of the water momentarily symbolizes the fullness of the resurrection. That's why you get hit with the, with the spirit of God in the tank. That is the only reason. It's not to create some type of revival through baptism. Signs and wonders in the tank. Has nothing to do with it. It is a taste of the age to come. It is a momentary, it is a momentary touch of what you can expect in the future. In the spirit realm, according to God, sin, according to God, sin has no legal case against you. Just ask us on Friday nights. When we start casting demons out of people and praying for the sick and people start getting healed. Touches of power come. Why? There is no legal case. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has covered it all. In the natural realm, we are to deal with the temptation of the old self. We've got to deal with it. We have to say, ah, this temptation has got to go. Now I need to figure it out. Is it in me? Is it part of my old nature? Or is it something else in the spirit realm that's living in me, causing me to do certain things? In Romans 8, 5, or uh, Romans 6, 5, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him, that our body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is free from sin. That is a position. You're free from sin. Positionally, according to God, positionally, in the new creation, in the new man, or the woman, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Sin is dead to you. In other words, God's judgment is no longer in that department. However, the old man, as long as it still lives, and it belongs to this age, it still comes under the judgment. And what is that judgment? People, Christians aren't going to like what I'm about to say, but I got to give it to you because I stand here before God. The judgment of the law. People say, I, I'm not under the law. Oh, yes, you are. Half of you is. You're being judged. You're saying, I don't know if I like that. Well, how about when you read Paul and it says, what was the law brought into? It was brought in to reveal sin. And where does sin come from? The old man. And if that is so, if that scripture in the book of Romans and Galatians is so, if you believe it, that the law is good, 
The law is righteous. The law is holy. And the law was brought in to reveal sin. Then what does it point to? It doesn't point to the new creation in Christ. It doesn't point there. It points to the old man. And what's got to die? United means born together. I like this definition. When, when we got saved, it was as if we were born together with Christ. United with him forever. In other words, when God, let me just put, say it more simply, because we have to go back to the Garden of Eden to get really the real picture here. When God, when Jesus, when Jesus created Adam, and then he created Eve from the dust of the ground, from that rib, it was as if I'm going, as if, as I created the world's, and I bore the worlds, I'm now going to bore you with me. And then we have typology. Two people get engaged, they get married, they have children. And what do they have? They have a part of them. They have a part of them. We are forever linked to the Father through Christ. Forever linked. Whether, you want, whether you're a wheat or a tear, you're forever linked through creation. You don't have to believe it, but it's true. And then, it doesn't stop there. Not only are we born together with him, but we are supposed to fulfill the new creation by growing together with him. In other words, he's going to walk you through this thing. And the Bible tells us that we are to grow up in our salvation unto what? The likeness of Christ. The likeness of Christ. Spiritually or in the new self, we have been born together with Christ. Old self is dying or is dying... How, you, how can you tell you're dying? Because you're becoming more like Christ. If you're still carrying on the same old stuff, then you're allowing the old man to rule you. If you're the same guy going out those doors, then there's a problem. There's a problem. The old self growing together or as becoming more like Jesus every time, every day. This growing together or in unity with Christ may cause deliverance from evil spirits. There could be curses. There could be inner healing. I've just put etc. It could be anything according to scripture. Paul clearly points out that the old self is ruled by sin. Now, I, I'm, I haven't brought this in in the teaching yet, but... All these nouns that Paul is using, they're all the nouns. They're all nouns in the book of Romans. Most of the time when, when the New Testament writers talk about sin, they talk about a noun. It talks about person, place, or thing. Why am I, 
why am I actually making a series out of this, out of, out of six, seven, and eight, chapter six, seven, and eight? Because the church needs to be empowered. You need to be empowered. And you can't be empowered if the old man is robbing you of your destiny. It is stealing from the church and stealing to, I don't even know what to call these people who have office or elected to offices other than people, they're people I pray for. <laughs> you know, there was, a, there was a post that, well, I support the president and, and I support this and, and all that. I, I, I was a military guy and all that. And I said, okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. So I, I responded. The only time I haven't even checked the response back. But I responded and said, it was on Twitter. I responded and say, yes, I was a Marine. And I, I support the armed forces. I support the police. I support the office of the president. I support the office. I don't always support the man or woman in the office. There's a difference. There's a difference. I don't support, I, I don't support what's going on in culture today. I don't support it. I don't. I wouldn't try and talk to them about civil unrest and I wouldn't try to talk about all these. I would just get right to the root. Everyone, if you want to put an end to all the hatred out there in America today, get saved and get delivered. Period. Paul talks about this. The power and the penalty of uh, of sin died with Christ on the cross. In other words, I never have to experience another curse in my life. All I have to do is interject the cross into some type of situation, and boom, there's the power and the presence to destroy its work. The cross, destroying the power and the penalty of sin. Positionally, I inherited that power of the cross. Conditionally, sin has a power that is working in me. We'll get to that in Romans 7. We are no longer slaves to our sinful nature. We now can choose the correct method to crucifying the old self and to live for Christ. I'm almost done. Are you guys okay? In Romans 8 through 11, I really like this. It says, now if we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. Knowing that, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin and alive to God. 
in Christ Jesus. Do you see how Paul is bouncing back and forth? Now, I want you to, I don't want you to miss this one subject right here. In verse 11, consider yourselves. There it is, the mind. He now starts to interject the mind into the old man and the new man. And from this time forward, in 6, 7, and 8, you're dealing now with three realms. You're dealing with the spiritual realm. You're dealing with the thoughts of, your, of, of the will and the mind. And then you're dealing with the old creation. The new creation, the mind, the old, the old man. Then he says, according to the law, of the, or my point here, according to the law of the spirit, we died with Christ. We are set free from the power of sin and the influencers of sin. The influencers. I'm in, I'm in Ephesians 6 and 12. The more we live out the resurrection life, we live from our eternal rewards. What if I give up everything in this life, Jesus? Matthew, or Mark 10, 35, I think it is. Peter says, Jesus says, not only we will be rewarded in this life, but in the life to come. In other words, we have everything now in Christ. We can live from eternal reward. We call it being blessed. But scripturally, Theologically, understanding that God rewards the righteous. That's why he says one day, the church, one day, not today, but one day, the wealth of the wicked will be transferred to the church. Why? Because the church will be calling, will be going, holy, 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 and the spirit will be saying, come, Lord Jesus. Not the church saying, come, Lord Jesus. Revelation says this, that the, the church is so one with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit goes into the throne of God and says, Father, now send Jesus. But as we get closer to that likeness, that wealth of the world comes to the believer. Why? Because we're surrendered. It can go in the right way. It can see from eternal perspective that a soul is more important than anything. We walk around and claim that scripture, but our old man keeps us from the, that inheritance. Jesus' resurrection was a victory over death. So death no longer has any power over him. Now this is an amazing thing. I'm out in um, somewhere... Somewhere between that lake and, and you're traveling out to Glenrose, I forget the name of the Granbury. I'm I'm in I'm in the outskirts of Granbury on that road that goes to Glenrose. I forget the highway number. Okay, there it is. <laughs> and I uh, and I'm in the middle of doing a deliverance on a on a gangbanger. And if you've ever done an exorcism on a gangbanger. You're going to love it. Trust me. 
You're going to love it. Because all they want to do is kill you. It's fun. So the, this thing comes up and says, I'm the spirit of death. I own him. And boom, he drops dead. The Holy Spirit speaks to the pastor's wife and said, hey, Bruce, Romans 8 and 2. That's all she said. And then the Holy Spirit said, speak it, that the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Bam! Three minutes later, he gets up. That's how powerful that scripture is. It's how powerful what I just told you. So don't tell me that you have, we have to deal with these little, these little character issues. You're unwilling, we're unwilling, we are unwilling to omit them and to put the power of that resurrection life into our, into our issues. Stop it. Get fixed. Be blessed even more than you are today. Nobody should struggle. You should be able to look at Beverly and say, Beverly, I love you, and have no ill will or feeling or mental torment for any person. Should be able to, a guy should be able to look at a woman purely innocent. If not, you need to come over here and let's cast that thing out. I don't understand all this stuff. I don't. But they tell you, just don't look. It's torment. That's torment. Because you're wanting to go, mm, mm, come on. Been there. Genesis 2, 16 says this, And the Lord God commanded man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat from it, you shall surely die. Now, is that true? Yes, it's true. Did they actually die? Well, yes. But did they actually physically die? No. They spiritually died. So even in the beginning of the Bible, the Bible is telling you, hey, you have two natures here. Deal with it. God warns about generational curses. That, that Genesis 2.16 is a second heaven curse. Why? Because it affected the whole creation, all of it. Who did they, see, here's, here's, what I, here's what I'm telling my wife. This is what I'm finding in the Bible now. This is what I'm doing for my research for the next book, my next book on all the second heaven curses in the Bible. Is I'm finding out the one that you bow to is the effect of the curse that actually enters the earth. The power of the fallen angel that you actually surrender to in your mind and act out is what enters into your family bloodline or who we elect actually affects the country. This is a spiritual war. This has everything to do. Listen. One of my favorite senators, here I go politically again. One of my favorite senators was attacked for giving the rebuttal to the, to the, uh, the, the, um, 
the Republican response to uh, our president, President 46, his address to Congress. One of my favorite senators. Why do I like Tim Scott so much? He is a believer. And he wasn't afraid to show it in the Republican rebuttal. See, that's somebody I can support. Why? Because he belongs to the same family I belong to. This is about family. This isn't about black, white, green, orange. It has nothing to do with that. This is about a family. There's two families in the earth today. The family of God and the family of the devil. Closing. God warns. So we consider ourselves dead to sin. This is it. How do we, how to do that scripturally? So we can live for the glory of God. We need to, we need to do this thing scripturally, folks. We need to understand and have a good working knowledge of what we are and what Christ wants to do in us. And when you understand who you are in Christ and understand the, the nature, well, how about this? First, to understand the nature, you have to understand the origin. The origin of the old man came from Satan. The origin of the new man came from Christ. Now, the creation of humanity came from the Trinity. So, if you understand the origin, then you'll understand the nature of that origin. The nature of the origin of the old man is sin, but it also is the character or the nature of the devil. It is the nature of the devil. John and Jesus say the devil... Jesus says he's the father of lies. And John, they've been sinning, he's been sinning from the beginning. Amen? Did you guys get anything? Yeah. We're going to keep going on this. Because I, I want you to be empowered. I need you to understand that if you're struggling with issues, you know, it's not so much if I must listen to my wife, unfortunately. Because if I don't, I have this internal thing that's not even part of me, but is spiritually attached to me. Spiritually attached to me. And the two shall become one. Oh, come on. You're spiritually attached. In other words, what they do spiritually can affect you. And then your children... The offspring. I gave you a scripture the other night, uh, Isaiah 44 and 3, I think it is, where it talks about, and the blessing shall come to your children and to your offspring. Anyways, tonight, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like for everyone that is struggling with internal issues, after we dismiss, to come and confess. Not to me, but come up here and confess to Christ. And ask God to do something. And ask him, what would you have me do? And listen. And see what he says to you. See what he says to you. 
He may say, see Pastor Bruce. If he does, you're going to get exercised. If he says, surrender to me, then you're going to have to put your will down. You're going to have to surrender your will. He may say, apologize to your spouse or apologize to somebody. That's called forgiveness. You got it? All right, let's stand. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that is living and powerful. Father, it divides soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and never discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Father, the word of God reveals us. It reveals you. It reveals you, Jesus. And if it reveals you, it reveals us. And it reveals that we are powerless without you, Jesus. We are powerless. That we can freely come to the throne of grace. So tonight we're going to come. And we're going to surrender. And we're going to believe. And we're going to exercise our faith. And then you're going to deal with us, God. In Jesus' name.